Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Good evening. If uh, you would turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 will begin in verse 1. Um, tonight, uh, we're talking about something that demonstrates the power of God. Um, last week, uh, we, had, we had talked about Paul was praying uh, in chapter 1, verses 15 um, through the end of the chapter. Paul was praying that uh, the Ephesian believers would know the inheritance to which they were called, and he was praying that they would know the power of God. And they remember the, the the same power of God that He works in us believers is the same power that He used to raise Christ from the dead and to to seat Him in the heavenly places, seating at His right hand. The same power that God used in raising up Christ and seating Him above all every name, every authority on. All of the earth and in this age and in the age to come, that same power, Paul had told us, is the same power at work in believers. That's important because um, we need to understand who God is, what he's done, and who we are in order to understand how we are to live. That's the way that all of Paul's letters are designed. In the first part of the letter, in chapters 1 through 3 of Ephesians, uh, I've mentioned this in the other weeks, um, we see Paul explaining the realities of who we are in Christ. We, he has us, he's explaining who God is and what He has done to redeem us. And in chapter 4 and following, he's saying, because of what we've already been saying, this is how you are to live. And so that's the part we're focusing on tonight. We're seeing this demonstration of the power of God. We're going to to see how great the power was that he had when he saved us. We'll begin with reading verse 1 of chapter 2 of Ephesians. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love which he has, with which he loved us, even while, when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. 
For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, and we should walk in them. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would give us eyes to see tonight and ears to hear. Help us to know what you have done in us so that we can live in accordance with that truth. Father, I pray that you give me strength and grace as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. The first thing Paul tells us is, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Before believers, before we come to Jesus, we are dead in our trespasses and sins. That is how much power we have to save ourselves, as much as a corpse. We cannot give ourselves new life. Only God can do that by His power. We see this picture in the Old Testament where Caleb read from. You see the the, the prophet standing before the valley of dry bones, and he asks, God asks the prophet, "Can can these bones live? And the prophet says, well, only you know. And God tells the prophet Ezekiel, speak to the bones. And he speaks and they, they, become, to, they become flesh again. And they, they stand up and they're an exceedingly great army. That's what happens when we get saved. We hear the gospel and these corpses, figuratively speaking, we are dead in our trespasses and sins, and he makes us alive. The same kind of picture we see in the life of Lazarus. We see Lazarus was a friend of Jesus, and and Lazarus, he, you know, we know the story about how how, uh, Jesus had heard word that, that Lazarus was sick and he was dying, but in order to glorify God, he delayed his going to heal Lazarus until he gets there and Lazarus has been dead for four days. And Jesus walks up to the tomb. Of course, we know Jesus wept. He walks up to the tomb after weeping and he says, Lazarus, come forth. And this corpse that's lying there in the grave, it's all bound up with grave clothes, gets up and walks out of the grave. And the people had to help him take the grave clothes off. That's a picture of what happens in us when we're saved. Paul tells us, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins in what you once walked. We don't often think like that. We don't often think that we, we, we like to think of, of ourselves as contributing something to our own salvation oftentimes. But Paul here tells us we couldn't do anything. We were dead. And God speaks to us through his word when we hear the proclamation of the gospel and we come to life. We were dead in our trespasses and sins in which we once walked 
Believers, before we came to Jesus, we were all walking in our trespasses. We were, we were crossing the line into sin. We were, God's laws were there and we crossed the line. We violated that prohibition and we trespassed against him. And we sinned. We missed the mark. God's holy standard was higher than I can reach. And all of us, we missed the mark. We missed the mark. We missed the mark. And because of that, we earn death. We are born into this world spiritually dead. We walked in that according to the course of this world. That's what the world is like. According to the course of this world. We walked in sin and in trespasses just like the world outside. Just like those who were not believers. It's normal for unbelievers to walk in sin. In fact, that's how we all, if we're believers, used to live, the Bible tells us. We were following the prince of the power of the air. We don't like to think of ourselves as following after Satan following after demonic forces, but when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, we didn't know any different. And maybe we were sincere about what we believed, but if we were apart from Jesus, we were dead. We were following after the, the prince of the power of the air, the, the, the devil himself. We were following after the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. He's brought us to life. But if we look out at the, the, the sons of disobedience, that's those who are not yet believing in Jesus, who are, who are, who are turning away from Him, who are, are, are rejecting Jesus, they are following the course of this world. They are following after the pattern of that spirit that is at work within them, the sons of disobedience. And he tells us, among whom we all once lived. We're no better than those who don't believe now. We're no better. We were all there, he points that out. Among whom we all once lived. There is no room for judging lost people. They're dead. And we were once dead. We were that way. And then we were, we lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. That's what we were. That's what we used to be. We did what we wanted to do. We followed after our sin nature and we followed after the desires of our body and our mind. And we were heaping up for ourselves wrath, the wrath of God that we deserved. Like the rest of mankind. Again, he pulls that in there. Like the rest of mankind, we're no better. But... 
Here's where it gets exciting. (laughs) Here's where it gets exciting. He's been describing how we were dead in our sins. We, we We were dead. We were sinful. We just did whatever we wanted to do. And it was in rebellion. And we were transgressing against God. But, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Amen. While we were dead, it tells us, even while we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. But God being rich in mercy, We've seen this in the other two sections we've looked at so far in Ephesians. His mercy is rich. It is abounding. It is the overflowing mercy and grace that He has. He is is rich and abundant in mercy. He is not stingy. God who is rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved us Why? Why did he make us alive? Did he look into the future and see things we would do? Did he see our goodness? No. It doesn't base this on anything good in us. It doesn't base this on anything that we've done. It bases this because of the great love with which he loved us. He loved us while we were there, dead in our sins, unable to do anything, unable to obey Him. He loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins. This is to show that by grace you have been saved. The reason... Why salvation is this way? It's because salvation is by grace. And he not only did that, he not only made us alive, but here he moves on and he raised us up and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The last chapter we we saw the same power that is at work in believers is the same power, Paul said, that rose up Christ from the dead and seated him in the heavenly places at the Father's right hand. And when he saves us, it says he not only makes us alive, makes us who are dead alive, but he seats us in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We have a union with Christ. We are united to him. Over and over and over again, we see in these first chapters of Ephesians, we are in Christ. If you are trusting in him, if you are looking to him for your salvation, if you're trusting that his blood paid for your sins, if you've been born again, You are united to Jesus. And as He sits there before the throne of God above, being your intercessor, you are united with Him. We are seated with Him. It doesn't say this is a future reality. We might expect, and He will seat you by the right hand of the Father. He will seat you in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. No. 
It says, and raised, past tense, and raised us up with him and seated him, seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That will blow your mind. You want to have power to be able to withstand your temptations. I know I do. Do you want to have power to be able to face tomorrow when when things seem tough and difficult? Know who you are, the power of God, and what He has done in you. He's raised you from the dead and He's seated you with Christ. So that why has he done all that? Why? He, he tells us. So that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. All of history from the beginning, from before the foundation of the world, when the lamb was slain until his coming and all eternity after, all of that is one divine drama that is playing out to show the world, to show all of the angels, to show all of creation how gracious and merciful that God is. To bring Him glory. To show in the coming ages, when Jesus returns again, everyone will see it. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Everyone will see in the coming ages that God has been so gracious and so kind to us, to believers who were once dead and he made alive and he seated us with Christ. All of that to the glory of God, to the glory of God. Verse 8, 4. He's about to repeat what he said in the middle, at the end of verse 5. For by grace you have been saved through faith. By believing in Jesus, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And not the result of works, so that no one may boast. Why does, he, why does he go on saying how we were dead, we were dead, we were dead? It's so that we might understand we were not saved by our works. We weren't saved by being good enough. We weren't saved by being smart enough. We weren't saved because of the family that we live in. We weren't saved because of any good thing in us. We were saved by grace, the gift of God. We didn't earn it. We couldn't do anything to earn it. We were dead. But it is the gift of God. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This not as your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Why did it need to be grace? So that no one could boast. If I did something to save myself, or you did something to save yourself, we could boast about it and say, I was good enough. I did something good to earn God saving me. But here he says, we were dead so that no one can boast. 
We can't boast in ourselves. We can't look to ourselves and say, look how good I am. I'm not like those other people. No, instead, we just say, I was dead and Jesus made me alive. We look to Him and we give Him all the glory and all the praise so that no one will boast. Verse 10, for we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in Him. We are His workmanship. God has, He is the potter, we are the clay. He has made us, he, we are His workmanship. He has made us in His, if, he had, if God has a shop, He made us in His shop. Like some men like to go out and work in the shop. We are His workmanship. We are His workmanship. We are created in Christ Jesus and He created us for a purpose so that we would do good works. He didn't save us because of our good works. He saved us so that we would go out and do good works. And if He has saved you, that's what we will do. We will go out and we will do works. There's an order here though. The good works is the evidence that we really did pass from death into life. Created for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. It's all part of God's plan. It's all a part of His miraculous plan to show at the end of the age, when all is said and done, when all of creation, the angels and every being under heaven, can look to God and say, praise you, praise you, praise you. Worthy is the lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world because you have redeemed a people for yourself from every tribe, every tongue, and every nation. We will be worshiping around the throne in heaven forever because of what he has done in taking people who were dead rebels and making us alive and creating us for good works. We have to know who we are in Christ. If we want to know how we're to live, if we want to know how to get through tomorrow, we've got to know who we are. We were dead, and now we're alive. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.